We are live. Yes, we are. Welcome back to another episode of For Evans Sake Daily. My name is Neil Odate Evans. And I'm Nana Evans. And we bring you the news from a parenting perspective. Um, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about two big interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one is Rishi Sunak's with the BBC's Laura Kussenberg. And then our dearest Prince Harry sat down with Tom Bradby. And then after that, we're going to be talking about a parenting conundrum. Um, so, mm-hmm. Rishi Sunak. Yes, Laura Rishi. Kussenberg. Um, and she asked him, well, she asked him a, a load of interesting questions. But the one that I thought was very interesting mm. was her question about whether or not he used the NHS. And I'm going to play you some audio from that interview. Lovely. Were you registered with a private GP and are you still? Yeah, but, but my, my dad was a doctor. I grew up in an NHS family. It wasn't, wasn't my question. It's yeah, really straightforward. Were you registered with a private GP? I mean, I, I, and I, are I made you a, as a general policy, I wouldn't ever talk about me or my family's healthcare situation. But again, it's not really relevant to this. What's relevant is the difference I can make to the country. Well, hang on, Prime Minister. I think there is huge public interest in the decisions that you make. And actually, one of your predecessors, who I know you admire very much, Margaret Thatcher, she said very openly that she decided to use her right as a free citizen to spend my money in my own way so that I can go on in the day at the time with the doctor I choose and get out fast. She was perfectly happy and probably proud to talk about the decisions she made. Why wouldn't you tell people if you well, use private I just, healthcare? Well, I mean, it's just a personal choice. It's, a, it's about healthcare, I think, is somewhat that, that is private. But it, I think what people <laughs> care about is, you know, am I going to make a difference on the thing that they care about? When it comes to the NHS, I mean, I, I literally, I grew up in an NHS family. There is a public interest in the decisions that the Prime Minister makes for himself. Why wouldn't you tell us whether or not you use private healthcare? But, but, but again, it's a, it's a distraction from what the real issue is. And the real issue is, are we making sure that there's high quality health care available for the country? But when it comes to the private sector in general, I, we should be making use of the independent sector. I don't have any problem yeah. with that whatsoever. Well, he admitted it in the end. Basically, but with a we, we yeah, should be we making should. use of a private sector health care. Uh, mm. uh, she did well though she did well she did she she did better than a lot of journalists i've seen recently yeah. when mps are dodging questions and i appreciate the way that yes. she held him to account in the fact that he was not answering a very simple question exactly exactly i i also think that there's a double bluff going on here yeah. so i think that by him not admitting to whether or not he uses private health care. Yeah. Most people sitting at home would be like, well, obviously he uses it and just doesn't want to admit it. And then the thought process goes on to say, well, if the prime minister is using private health care, mm-hmm. maybe we should be using private health care. And okay. so then that then puts paying for health care into the psyche of people's minds. I so when you get to the point of saying, right, now we're charging for the NHS, people are already in. So th- the more people I you have it, paying for health care, yeah. when you privatise the NHS, it's less of an issue. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's like planting that seed so that more people... But in order to do that, I would say you have to have a level of influence, which I don't think he does have. I think it's like he's just he's just babbling on and loads of people would expect MPs, especially the Tory party at this moment in time, to be using private healthcare. I would say that's the thing. <sighs> I... I you say about level of influence. He is the prime minister of this country. He mm-hmm. holds the highest seat in this country. So I think, although he, you know, he's not actually a very likable guy, but he must have some level of influence. The thing is, remember, Rishi Sunak was not elected. 
we have not had a general election to have him as a leader. So where he stands in the public perception, he needs to put on a general election so that we know. And I don't think he would win a general election. Yeah, no, I, I, and if he keeps on doing interviews like this, then I'm pretty certain he will not. I mean, I, I hope he watches this back and is like, I bumbled my way through yeah, that one. It was, it was atrocious. There was another part of the interview where he was asked about um, care workers being paid eighteen thousand pounds a year, yes. and then he tried to fob that off with, well, you know. They're only getting £18,000 a year, but we're giving them so many job benefits with training and so on and so forth. Um, and then she asked him, "Would it was embarrassing. And then she asked him, well, would you work for £18,000 a year? And his answer essentially was, actually, I'd do a, a really serious, I'd do a proper job. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm the prime minister. Yeah. So obviously I, I would have not even them. thinking to do that stuff. And, and, I, and I think the more and more that, MPs are sat down in these types of situations, the more and more we get to, well, the, the, the general public really sees who it is yes. that we have steering the ship yeah. and realises that, you know, we're, we're heading towards an iceberg. Yeah. I mean, for somebody that's kept their head down for so he many He really weeks, has. He really you, has. You would have thought that in those times when we weren't seeing him, he was being grilled and prepped for this interview, <laughs> which is like... Dude, he just did a terrible job. Yeah. He really could have, like, thanked the care workers. Like, there was just so many opportunities where he could have been more ingratiating and he just wasn't. He really was, like, a caricature of a of an evil man yeah. as well. Was, yeah. Not I, great. Th- th- there's, there is no level of trust when I look at Rishi Sunak. No. Like, there's nothing about him that makes me feel... I, I trust you as an MP. I, I don't even trust you as a human being, to yeah, be quite honest. Yeah, no. It's, um, and then his family situation with the whole billionaires and all of that stuff doesn't really help him either. But he's so... I mean, we've seen the interview with him when he's talking about all of the people he knows, upper-class people, arist- mm. aristocrats, working... Oh, no, actually, I don't know any working-class people. Like, we have se- we know his character. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... <sighs> Yeah, we'll see. He can try and pretend like he's trying to do a good job, but he's not. He's not. All right, so there was another big interview, um, and that was Prince William. Uh, Prince Harry. Prince Prince Harry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if Prince William actually did an yeah. interview? Sorry, that was Prince Harry. Do you know what made me laugh? Um, I actually did not know that Prince Harry's government name was Harold. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so, it, was, it was just the amount of times he yeah, said it, innit, yeah, that it William like, calls him yeah. Harold, yeah. Um, and so we've got another... Uh, clip uh, from Harry's interview, um, and I and I and I'm glad that he brought this up. So okay. let's play this and and see. There we go. Yeah. Accountability. You no, know, just recently, which I know you know about, um, in the Jeremy Clarkson article. <laughs> so not only did what he said was horrific. And it's hurtful and cruel towards my wife, but it also encourages other people around the UK and around the world, men particularly, um, to go and think that it's acceptable to treat women that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to use my stepmother's words recently as well, there is a global pandemic of violence against women. It's no longer a case of me asking for accountability, but at this point, the world is asking for accountability. Bobby. And the world is asking for some form of comment 
from the monarchy. Really? The whole world? The, the silence is, is, is deafening. Do you know what I thought was really interesting about that clip? What? Was the commentary. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's very indicative of the demographic. <laughs> it's very indicative. Yes. Because for me, it's almost like you were commenting with your biases, but not actually listening to what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. Because if if you actually listen to the irony that he was pointing out, mm. it's hard to stand against that. Well, you'd think so with like a, a level of intelligence, but I think generally speaking, most of the public, especially the British public, are just going off of what is in the media and what's fed to them as their narrative on Harry and Meghan. And that's what they respond to. They don't actually even hear them. It's like they see his face and it's like, oh, here we go. Here again. we go. It's Harry again. And, yeah. you know, I think you're 100%. And the British press absolutely know and understand this. The British press know the British public better than the British public know themselves. Yes, yes. And yeah. would ever care to admit. And so that's why stories are presented in a particular way mm -hmm. to make sure that they continue to inform your bias. Yeah. And a lot of the time, most of the general public will will never will never see what's happening. Yes. And so I'm, I, I have to say, when I first started watching the interview, mm -hmm. I said some very unsavory words yep, about Prince. You got caught up in it as well. I said some very unsavory words about Prince Harry. And I, I don't necessarily stand by them, but there is definitely something about um, airing your family's dirty laundry in public where I'm not 100% comfortable with it. I probably haven't really processed that thought properly yet, but there's something about it that mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not fully comfortable with. However... You know, there's that saying, fight fire with fire. Yeah. And a lot of the time people, again, in their kind of dumbed down narrative, always talk about, oh, Harry and Meghan said that they don't want the press intrusion and then they go to LA and all they ever do is court the, the press. press. Yeah. He's fighting fire with fire. Yeah. And it's just as simple as that. I just think he, the way he explained it um, and the questions as well, led him to really give a well-rounded point of view as to the two projects that came out, how long they have ran for, now that it's coming out, and just him really being like, this is my side of the story and I'm not going to shut up about it because they have... Basically, in effect, what he was saying was his family have leaked stories to the press which damages him and Meghan. And they have done that for years. So actually, if as he said... If you take all of those millions of words that have been put out there, there's been several books written about them yeah. compared to his one, yeah. which is just his truth. Yeah, I really want to read his book now. Like he, I mean, I thought it was a great interview for PR. He oh, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. sold it to me. I, I really want to read his book because yeah. I want to see it in its full scope and not what's just been leaked yeah. in the press yeah. as well. Yeah, because even I think before uh, watching the interview, one of the stories that was leaked in the press was an excerpt from his book where he talks about uh, uh, killing 25 Taliban members. Yeah. And then it was it was you that actually then just kind of brought the, the idea of context into it. And then I was like, well, actually, the dude was in the army yeah. fighting the Taliban. Yeah. And so what... 
did you not? Because ex- I know people always think that generally when the royals are in the army that they're not actually doing proper yeah, combat. Yeah, he did. But, uh, he did active duty. Yeah, he did active duty. He was a a you know. Yeah, and and we saw that. Um, remember when there was a news crew that went out and something kicked off, and he, he was did ready have to, leave. to get into the action. Yeah, he, he was, was like, I'm I'm on this thing. So, so yeah. But again, it's like let's read it to see what he was actually talking about what the fullness of the story is before you know they're just trying to throw him out to the walls yeah and and the new story is he's put his family in in danger danger. by talking about the telebat you have yeah because you put it out there yeah absolutely 100 100 because there's also a great number of people that will not read the book will not ever know that he has said this inside the book yeah however the british press take this headline put it out there and then alert people to the fact that this is in the book where actually what's happened is a soldier who was at war has said that he killed some of the people he was at war with. Yeah. It's not, I, it's not I, breaking news. I loved that he spoke about Jeremy Clarkson as well and yeah. his disgusting comments yeah. um, and really link that to his stepmother and also just drawing a point of the silence. Yes. You'll talk on other things, but when it's done to your family, you won't, talk. you won't speak about it. I thought that was great. And then also then putting in um, Lady Susan Hussey yeah. and Ngozi Fulani. Great parallels. To, uh, to see the reconciliation that yeah. the palace put together with them two talking yeah. about it and being like, we, we spoke about it and everybody understands where they stand. Like all of those levels to the conversation i was like go on harry like, yeah. yeah 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 he, he he did well with this one he definitely did well i i think probably camilla came out of this looking she looked like the archetypal evil stepmother camilla I think we, and william yeah we can call camilla camilla deville now yes, yes. <laughs> because yeah no it it, it wasn't it as, wasn't as a great he look. says it the except from the book she played the long game yeah she was there and to the conclusion in that paragraph that he shared, it did seem to be like she has always wanted to have this level of power. Yeah. And she saw that. She got her man. Yeah. In Charles and hung on in there. And it is like, well, you know, and she has been likened to Lady Macbeth once or twice. I, I, I think it's a fair comparison. I think it's a fair comparison. I think she is a shining light to all of the side chicks yes. out there around the world, if you stay there long enough, I mean, you will be number one. She's queen now. She's queen. Yeah, and have you noticed how slowly but surely people are, like, like I say people, the press are starting to drop the Consort. consorts. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that. If they mention her, it does seem to be a little bit more faster paced Queen Camilla. Yeah. Like, she's, yeah. she's queen. She she does have a level of power I think, that she wouldn't have had if she stayed with her other husband. Yeah, I think it's unfair that already she's been referred to as Queen Camilla, but Prince Philip would never have been king. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's yeah. But anyway, shout out to Camilla, uh-huh. Queen of the Side Chicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a good interview, and then he has another interview. Yes, um, today he's doing the well. rounds. He's doing one with yeah. Addison Cooper. He's in the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Yeah, um, he's he's going for it. Yeah, Harry is going full for it. on PR on this, and you know, hats off to him for just getting his story out yeah. and being one of the first to do it. And as and he say, said, I'm doing it, taking hold of his narrative. Yeah, taking hold of his narrative because yeah, fighting fire with fire. Good on you, yeah, Harry. Yeah, having more 
him giving more details, I am like, well, people give their stories all the time. Yeah. And um, there there are things where I do think, actually, if the Royals played it better, it would have been better to have him yeah. on side. Yeah. And as he said, he said at one point in the interview that if there was actually a reconciliation, these words weren't his words, but it would be quite Disney-esque, the, re- the reconciliation. And it would actually be a massive PR feat for both of them. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 palace I think is do is really doing wrong and strong at the moment. But I mean, say if this was like the long con with the Ooh. royals. Oh, and they've drawn the world in Ooh. to this drama. Maybe they are saga. playing the game. I mean, and we are here complicit. Playing. It, it would be an interesting twist to it if it really was the long game. Okay. We're setting it all out. We're going to have this big royal feud. Mm -hmm. We are going to let that fester for a few years. And then we're going to have a big reconciliation. The biracial wife. You know, the the (laughs) prodigal son all gets together. The royals. It's like, we've learned. We've moved on. We're, and remember, they put, they, remember in their documentary they had about the generational yeah, curses. Yeah. The, the text came from Beyonce about your, your, your removing generational curses, yeah. all of that stuff. Oh. Do you know what? So basically, the royal family is setting us up for probably what will be the best season of The Crown ever. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, Who knows? I'm just saying that yeah. this could be the play. Let's see. Let's see. So you've got a parenting conundrum from us. So we've I been looking can. at, obviously, for those of you that are on like Reddit and Facebook, you know, there are uh, particular threads called, am I the, like you can fill in, fill in the blanks. Uh, we're just going to call them parenting conundrums. Yeah. Um, so Nana, you've got a parenting conundrum I do have us. a parenting conundrum. Um, it's quite a long one. So I'm going to give you the short form okay, of cool, it. Cool. Okay. So it's, um, a woman and a man, they mm. are going out, boyfriend and girlfriend. The lady... How long have they been going out for? They've been going out for a year and a half. Okay. The lady has a son. Okay. Son is about seven years old. Mm-hmm. She has met the boyfriend's parents on three different occasions before okay. they're having their Christmas meal together. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the first time the parents are meeting her son though. Mm-hmm. So they all get together into a house um, say hello. The father of the boyfriend says to the girlfriend and the little boy, like, who's who's this then? You know, to formally yeah. introduce them. Yeah. The lady says to the parents, this is, let's call him Joey. This is Joey. Joey, this is grandma and grandpa. There's a bit of a silence. They say hello, kind of like, you know, they all sit down. They have their meal. The lady notes that after the meal, the parents leave quite quickly and the meal is very awkward, Mm -hmm. like limited talking. Mm -hmm. At some point during the meal, the parents and the boyfriend leave the room and have a conversation in another room that lasts about half an hour and they come back to the table again. So she knows something is wrong. After they leave, she turns to the boyfriend and says, what's happened? Why Mm -hmm. was that so weird? He let's rip on her. Like now my, my parents took me out. They were questioning me about, they didn't think we were that serious and you, and they think that you're just trying to trap me because you want a father for your son. He goes off. She has a few words back. Like that's not the case. And the dirt just thought it was polite. They fall out and they haven't spoken for five days. And so she put it in this forum 
do you think I was wrong? <sighs> no, she needs to let that man go. You think the man was Yeah, involved? yeah, yeah. Like, I think the way that he handled that was mm. all sorts of red flags. Look, I'm, a, I'm making some assumptions here. So she's she's a mother, she has a child. Um, and I'm assuming that you're, because you're, he knows your son and you've introduced, the you've gone to dinner with his parents and your son. You're not looking at this as a, a ting-ting. Right. Okay. So you are invested in this relationship. And I would assume that she th therefore also believed that the the boyfriend was invested equally in the relationship. And I think he's quite clearly shown that he is not as invested in the relationship as, as she was. And so the moment something like this comes up where he could have quite easily turned around to the parents and been like, oh, it's, it's not like that. You know, and obviously just for the kid, there's a, there's a cultural issue at play here as well, because obviously coming from uh, a Ghanaian background, you can't call elders. Yeah, by their names. By their names. So you were never going to introduce them as Bob or Sheila or, yeah. or, or whatever. So it's depending on the age, it's either auntie or uncle. Growing up, I had so many grandmas. Yeah. I had so many grandmas because they were the same age group as my grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's all sorts of red flags. It's going to be heartbreaking, but she needs to keep it trucking. I don't know. I think, I actually think she is in the wrong in this one because I, uh, a year and a half. Excuse me? A year and a half. And if it hasn't been established, like the parents know you guys are serious as well, it's presumptuous to just throw that out there. And obviously that is, I, I think she played herself on this one if you really are serious about this guy and moving it forward you could have just said this is mr and mrs Deluda. are the parents in the habit of meeting their son's tintings i don't know but the point i'm making is as parents but they're not going to dinner with your with, with uh, your son's girlfriend. No, no, they didn't think it was serious. That was their Why are you issue. going to dinner with your son's maybe unserious are, girlfriend? Then. But maybe they are. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe they are. Not not all people don't get to meet everybody that the person's seeing. So maybe they are used to having dinners with people he's seeing. But, no. but you're not going to be used to meeting their child and then being thrown into grandma or grandpa situation then with I, that child. Then I think that the parents are also, the the, the, the grandparents yeah, <laughs> are also really irresponsible. It's not going to graduate from there. And also just generally speaking though, a lot of people are less forgiving when the partner has a child, especially yeah, when yeah, it's yeah, a woman yeah, absolutely, who has yeah, a child before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think again, for her to be mindful of that, that it's not always that simple that you just, you have your child and you walk into your, partner's family and that child is immediately accepted yeah and those types of titles come with weight in a lot of cultures yeah. you don't just it, it, the same with auntie and uncle you don't just give it to anybody it's not the same within african cultures so i do think then there needs to be some foresight into your situation as a single parent that you you need to meet them properly i don't think three times is enough to even 
give these people that title to your kid anyway. You don't know them yeah, yourself. Yeah, but we, they, she's met them three times, but we don't know how many times they've communi- communicated within that 18 months. Well, they didn't think that she was serious. So th- that she was that. a serious... We don't know that. No, he we... said it to her in the argument. So if I left that out. In uh, the argument, he said, my parents did not see us as a serious couple. No, he's... So he's a... this, to them, sees like you are trying to force... He's a douche. Fatherhood on me. He's a douche. If yeah. if I'm a man, not if I'm a man, I'm a man. As a man, mm. if I'm seeing a girl who I know is not serious, you don't need to meet my parents. There's no need for it. None. Let alone going to dinner and bringing the child. Uh, you could say that. Some people don't have those boundaries. I'm saying for her. Well, then he needs to get where, some. Where she's put her child into this as well. That's her responsibility. She's put her child into this. Calling people grandma and grandpa. Again, this lovely word. Use your discernment in these situations. Mm. You can say he's a douche. Maybe. I just think that she needs to have been reading the room a little bit more before she stepped they, into they it. They all did. They all did. Let us know what you think in the comments. Um, yeah. Who Who's to blame? Who's responsible? The, the boyfriend, <laughs> the girlfriend, or the evil grandparents? <laughs> Listen, guys, it's been another great episode. Thank you for, for watching with us. Um, if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe to the channel. Yes, please um, do. We really appreciate all of the support that you've given us, all of the support you gave us last week um, in, our, yes. in our first week of going live every day at 12 o'clock. We will see you again tomorrow at 12 for another for Evan's Please sake. remember to follow us on all of the socials yes, as well yes. for Evan's sake. Please do. Please do. We, we, we appreciate the follows and the subscribes and sharing. And the conversation that happens there yes, as well. Yes, definitely. So. The conversations on all the platforms are great. Brilliant. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.